0: I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Welcome to Be Afraid, the horror podcast hosted by Steve and Steve. Today we'll be talking about Carrie, the 1976 um, Stephen King novel that was turned into a film. uh, The film adaptation was done by Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma, one of my my top directors out there. Not not quite top top. He's not... um, He's no John Carpenter in my mind, but he does great in his own ways. Um, You might know him. He's done Dress to Kill, Scarface, Untouchables, uh, Mission Impossible, Blowout. He's got quite a resume going on down there. Um, Carrie is... It was Stephen King's first first film adaptation. Um, It was also his first novel to be published. Um, The story is of Carrie White, a shy, friendless teenage girl who is sheltered by her a domineering religious mother unleashes her telekinetic powers after being humiliated, humiliated by her classmates at her senior prom. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I didn't even go to my senior prom. I freaking, like, again, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I may maybe kind of nervous in the back of my head that something like that might happen. I don't know. But um, so this is funny. The funny story is that when uh, Stephen King made this movie, he was actually only paid $2,500 for the rights to carry. So again, but King actually, he ended up saying that he has no regrets making it because he felt like I said, this was his first film uh, adaptation of one of his novels. So he said, I was fortunate to have this happen to my first book. So again, um, I feel that's kind of like, kind of like, even though she didn't direct it, she just starred in it. It's kind of like how Miss Jamie Lee Curtis only got paid, I think, like $1,000 or something like that for starring in Halloween. Um, again, she's probably just happy at the moment that she had her name out there, and that things were happening in her, in her career. But, uh, this movie does not star Jamie Lee Curtis, but it, um, does have a great cast, though. Great young cast, um, led by Piper Laurie, who plays the mother of Carrie. And Piper Laurie is the only, I guess, non, non-key non young person in this film. Um, the young cast includes Sissy Spacek. Nancy Allen, who actually, Nancy Allen married De Palma in 1979. So she was also in some of his other films, because that's what happens. She was the, um, I want to say she was a Sherry Moon zombie of that time. Hmm. So she was in a home movies, dress to Kill, Blowout. Um, And also, from what I always knew, Nancy Allen as a kid growing up in was Robocop and Poltergeist 3. Um, Those movies both came out in the late 80s. Me and Steve were actually just discussing how freaking hot Nancy Allen was back then. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, smoking in the words of Jim Carrey. <laughs> but freaking um. Uh, but like when uh, uh, I will say like I did not dig '80s Nancy Allen. I think it was a short haircut. Is it just me, Steve? Isn't like I don't know. Is it '80s chicks are just weird looking, right? Is it just me?
1: Yeah, some of those hairdos just m- makes the. Um... You know they don't hold up. Uh, I have another example, another Brian De Palma movie, uh, Scarface's sister. Like her hair looks ridiculous when you watch it now.
0: Yeah, I forgot who played her. Mary, it was a Mary Elizabeth. What's her name? Mary M- Masteronian? I forgot her name. Yeah. She's the girl in uh in um Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh. And wow. she plays Maid Marian, and she's not bad looking in Robin Hood, but again, she's a lot better than she is in Scarface. But you know what? Let's talk about. Let's talk about Scarface for a second. I mean, it's related. It's Brian De Palma. So oh yeah. Fuck it. Um, so again, she was not good looking in that movie. Smoking hot, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh yeah. So again, so there's always you know not the hottest there's ever. Always, yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's not always like that. Like I said, it, 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 every once in a while a hottie did slip through in the um in the eighties. Yeah, because her but, hairdo
1: uh, still you know looks decent now. Yeah, who, who uh, Pfeiffer? Yeah, Pfeiffer. Yep. Just normal Piper standard. is
0: smoking hot, and she's like sixty now, yeah, or something like that. And she is damn well good. She she was good looking in Scarface. She was good looking in Catwoman, Batman. yeah, Catwoman. She was good looking in Dangerous Minds. Oh yeah, um, and she's still good looking. Like I said again, like I don't know if it's um, I I just started watching. I was telling Steve I just started watching um the League. That show is terrific. And one of the guys is a plastic surgeon on the show. So again, so I don't, I don't know. That's why Michelle still looks great, but she fucking does. Um, But rounding out that cast, you had P.J. souls Miss Halloween. There, you had John Travolta. Um, This was Travolta's first major film role, and he only got it because of his role on Welcome Back, Cotter Which again, I haven't seen that show in forever, but I remember, remember thinking it was a pretty, pretty damn good show. But, uh, so this came right before Grease and Saturday Night Fever and all that. Hmm. And then you have William Cat, um, who you might know from the House movies, and Amy Irving, who, Amy Irving is listed as a, as a main character in this movie. She is, who, she, she plays Sue, and I think Sue is kind of like a character who's, she's one of those, you always have those people in your high school that, like, hang out with the bad kids, that, like, the troublemakers but have a heart yeah and she was like that person where it's like all right well i kind of grew up with these kids so i'm friends with them but again i'm not going to sit there i'm, I'm still going to try to make carrie's life as good as i can you know yeah and, um again so i i liked her character she she reprised a role later on in um carrie to the rage
1: and also beautiful uh, which, she's also gorgeous
0: yeah no she's yeah yeah she, she's still beautiful now uh, well she was 20 years ago in the rage i haven't seen her recently. Um, she could have taken a, um, what's her name? Who, who, who's the girl from, um, Top Gun that Kelly McGillis, so she could have, she could have became Kelly McGillis. I don't freaking know. Poor Kelly McGillis.
1: You're always using her as the example of, uh, not aging too well.
0: You think Ke- Kelly's probably our only listener. We're, 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 we're going to lose that pretty soon, but uh, she, she, she's her or Shelly or Shelly Duval. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> we'll see. Um. But it's funny, William Cat and Amy Irving, both of these movies were... I'm going to shut the hell up in a second give Steve some time to speak. But, but William Catt <laughs> and Amy Irving, um, these films were... George Lucas and De Palma were both... Um, they were filming and auditioning. They were auditioning for Carrie and Star Wars at the same time. So Irving and uh, William Cat both auditioned for the roles of Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Oh, wow. And another funny thing is... The roles between Carrie Fisher and Sissy Spacek Spacek were originally supposed to be flipped around. Sissy was supposed to be Leia, and Fisher was supposed to be Carrie. But supposedly uh, supposedly Carrie Fisher would not uh, do a nude scene. Hmm. And so they switched the roles right at the very end. But uh, Miss Fisher denies that and says that um, that's total bullshit and that she would have loved to do a nude scene back then. So, uh... Again, both of them, especially... I think Carrie Fisher's more beautiful than uh, Sixty Spacek, but they're they're both good-looking women. Don't get me wrong. Um, Yeah. End of the day, though. I always like Carrie. Um, It's one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. Um, Not my favorite. Um, I like The Shining better. I like It better. There's... uh, there's a handful of movies that he's done that I like better, but I thought this was a solid breakthrough for like his first movie going into it, and like like we just talked about, uh, De Palma has always been great, and he again De Palma is one of those seventies to me it's the best era for film. Like I said, it's just um, best actors. You got, uh, like I, we went over this before. You had uh, you had Duvall, you had, Chino, you had De Niro, you had Meryl Streep you had Christopher Walken, you had Nicholson you had all these people coming up mm-hmm. and the, the directors, you had Carpenter starting off, you had the Palma starting off um, Lucas George Lucas, yep, um, Spielberg so again, like, this was just like, again, and, and this was like kind of um, I want to say cause it, it wasn't like this was the first step in modern film, I think modern film kind of became it began like the 60s but this just took it like one step further. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, so again, Steve, two questions. How do you feel about this film? And like I said, I want to say my favorite Stephen King adaptation is The Shining. What do you feel about that? Like, what, what's your favorite Stephen King film? Um, uh,
1: probably, if, if you want to count it, the miniseries... Actually, no. I the, don't. Yeah, no, no you I'm don't. Uh, the Shining is number one, and then It, the miniseries, and then i put Carrie, because um, I really absolutely love this, uh, more than Pet Cemetery and Cujo and the other ones. Not that those are bad in any way. Uh, I just think this is a very, very well-made movie, and I'll give Brian De Palma another compliment, on top of being uh, from that elite class of 70s directors. I think De Palma is the closest we've ever had to Alfred Hitchcock, uh, after Alfred Hitchcock. Um, this movie reminded me of his movies a lot uh, both in like the tone and like um, also the music and then when I looked it up I found out that it actually is the guy that does the music for a lot of Hitchcock films including Vertigo which this movie reminded me a lot just because of, of the music. Um, I absolutely love like the feel and like the tone of the movie. It feels like, like a dream like very like um, like it has like a gloomy look and it, everything just looks very like uh, outer world if, if that's a word but it's just like um, like the movie is very pretty to look at and very like comforting. Like it's a horror movie and it has this crazy you know turn at the end where it turns into um you know what it turns into in, in the prom. But leading to that, even even Carrie being bullied and even all like the nasty um you know her mom treating her like crap and and being religion um throughout the m- whole movie it just maintains like this really like um nice like uh, calm tone to it and another thing that adds to it it's not just the music and the filming style it's um sissy spacex acting she's just very like pure and like just like so like sweet and natural and like delicate um she kind of reminded me of like um like dorothy and in um wizard of oz just like that that good girl that just can't do wrong it's like you know sensitive little flower like uh, beautiful also or like um jennifer lawrence and mother uh her name is mother in that movie i believe Uh, a great darren avonofsky movie but
0: yeah i have a question yeah was the Wizard of Oz the white version of the Wiz? <laughs> I just I to make want to it, forget. <laughs> it was yes. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> but no. But Carrie just reminds you like that. Char- just like that, everybody's gonna root for her. Um, you know, we all smile and, and, and like when Carrie's around, like it's just like gives you like that warm feeling. And it's ironic because everybody in the school, you know, doesn't appreciate her and treats her like crap. Um, so I really liked. Um, and forgive me for not remembering the name. The girl that you said. Um, uh, Nancy Allen? Yeah, the one that decides to help her instead of being a bully. Oh, a- a- Amy Irving. Yeah, Amy Irving. I like how in the beginning with that scene, which is an amazing, um, probably my favorite movie intro of all time, um, the girls' locker room scene. That's one of the coolest uh, intros ever. But um, I-, I like the fact that when she gets bullied in that really like you know horrific way for for reacting badly to her first time having her period. Um, I like how you see two bullies or like two people that were laughing at her. Uh, take a different approach to it. Um, Chris hates her because of it because you know the prom is at stake um, they might not be able to go to prom because of Carrie so Chris takes that approach of like you know just bullying and just being resentful towards her. Uh, meanwhile the other girl who's more pure-hearted and like um, is kind of besides Carrie the main character of the movie I want to say uh, the final scenes even with her um, she has like an awakening and realizes like all right no, you know I got to do something nice for this girl so that was a cool way of showing how, like you said, like she hangs out with the cool kid the quote-unquote cool kids, and the ones that pick on the other ones, but she was able to, like you know, come come forward and do the right thing. So I like seeing that contrast, seeing like how you know both people could be laughing, but one person could could uh, find compassion and then like you know have a change of heart. Um, I like their well, a lot. Well, I think so-
0: I, I think sometimes, uh, sorry, I, I think sometimes like at that age, it's hard to do that. Yeah. Like, as you get older, like I. I even when you're in college and right after college it's easier to befriend like every group like i said at that age it's kind of like very clicky so it's not easy to do what sue does in that film exactly to it's kind of scary to be a part of something your whole life and then need to branch out and like and then choose right from wrong like it's it's difficult
1: yeah like you said when you're younger it's harder like for us that you know, it, it'd be obvious. Oh, of course, help Carrie out. That's not right. But, um, yeah, it's it's more admirable um that the fact that the girl is, like, their age and, and, and involved with the crew and shit, and she just didn't care. You know, she did the right thing because she wanted to. So I like that. And also, um, uh, I remember this movie wrong. When I was younger, for some reason, I thought she was, like, in on the prank. And um, I, I was kind of, like, hesitant and, like, worried for Carrie throughout the whole movie that the guy that was taking her to the prom wasn't genuine um and was just doing it to, like... Kind of like in uh, She's All That with the Freddie Prince Jr., when they do the bet that they could turn um, the, the art girl into a, a hot girl or whatever. So the, throughout the whole movie, I was um kind of like worried that that's, that's what was going on. They were all like in on it and playing Carrie, but it was a nice pleasant surprise um, to find out at the end that he, he actually was genuine. And then like, you know, he got hit with the bucket. That confirms it, like he, he wasn't involved in it at all. And he's actually a, a victim of the prank also. So that was pretty heartbreaking. And also at the same time, sweet to find out that, you know, he really, wanted to show Carrie a good time. And that's a very nice moment. And again, Brian De Palma with that directing, the directing style, like everything's like so dreamy and like just so beautiful. Um, her getting the, the prom win, like right before it turns into a disaster, that's like such a nice and warm moment. And like, it feels good. And like, she deserves it and all that. And then, you know, it does that complete 180. And then the movie turns into an all-out horror movie. Like, um, it was hard throughout with like the bullying and seeing the mom with the religious stuff. But it really turns into a horror movie with that uh, legendary um, gymnasium scene at the end. And I especially like the uh, the split screen and like the cool like um, little camera tricks and just stuff that De Palma was doing that, uh, you didn't really see that much in the '70s from what I know of. So, um, yeah, just in general, this movie, um, all the credit goes to, well, everybody. But and I think the the tone was done very well uh, consistently with both the acting, uh, the cinematography, the music, and the directing. Everything just came together to make it like a very like dream like movie. And then when it, it does turn into a horror movie at the end, it, the, the payoff is just so much better because, you know, it, it turns into, like, an actual horror movie. And throughout the whole thing, it was, like, nice and, like, and warm. So I appreciate a movie that, that has a nice, consistent tone and uh, builds suspense. And at the end, um, you know, it pays off with, like, an epic scene. So I love this movie from top to bottom. And also we're talking about how, how hot all the girls are. Um, Nancy, Chris, whatever, all of them. The gym teacher was also absolutely gorgeous. I thought she was such a great character, Um, not just the looks, but she was a great actress and also had a good heart, just like the girl that wanted to help her. And another one that I was a little worried that, because I hadn't seen the movie since I was a kid, I was like, is she in on this? Is she like, you know, somehow like a a bad teacher? And then it confused me at the end because she she really wasn't. um, She wanted what's best for Carrie, but um, you see her laughing at the end, but I think that might have been in Carrie's head. What do you think about that? Was the gym teacher really laughing?
0: Um, I don't think so.
1: She wasn't, yeah. Because um, that would make that she was so good her yeah. the whole movie.
0: That would be against her character. Yeah. Um. Again, like uh, I I liked how Carrie kills her at the end too. Yeah. Like again, like it's just that that, that no one's really safe. Um. Uh, I I think the key word that you said there was suspense. Mhm. The, the whole thing, like, and you said you compare. It's like that's where he compares the most to. uh the suspense in the film itself to, um, to Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Yeah. Um, it, it, there's been, there's been different ways of shooting that Hitchcock has done in the past, um, that you've never seen before, like in Vertigo and stuff like that. Uh, but, um, again, it's the same thing with this, like you said, with the cut seat, with like the split screens and stuff like that, um. With the uh, di- different angles and different shots in in carry, especially during the um during the end the end gym scene, yeah. Again, that, that, that's someone just going out there and it's just uh, kind of like also kind of like Carpenter. It's like that's what makes them great filmmakers, like when Carpenter filmed filmed Halloween, with, like, with the uh, with the dolly shots and stuff like that. Like oh yeah. On the, um, and stuff like that. It's just like just it makes it unique. Um, it's taking a risk. Like I said, when Carpenter did that, 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 that I forget what they call it—the pan something—with um, the uh, with the shot in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, when he did that, um, that was the first time that's been done. So you're kind of like, uh, and you don't really saw like split screens and stuff like that, like in Carry before, like you just said. So it's taking a risk, and it's it worked out. And um, again, th- there are scenes in this, like again, like with let's say with uh, Hitchcock with. Um, with the with the bathroom scene um in the, in the shining mm-hmm. you you've never seen that before um that, that that something like that was never shown on screen before um with the, i i i don't think there's certain things like in you never i don't think you ever saw to make it stand in a shower before like that and yeah. seeing it go down like that just like in this like um i know you said that this scene was big to you because i, I know Steve actually had the opening scene that has actually happened to Steve in real life. But, um... (laughs) So, but, like... But, like, the period scene in in the... Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, of course. Okay. I know certain things I can't say. But, like, but that scene in the movie, like, um... They... They, um... Again, something so screwed up. And just the way they film it with the music going and with her washing herself. And, again, like... There are certain nude scenes. Like I was watching, I was watching some horror movie the other day, and I was at, at, you know I was I was watching Dracula the other day, uh, the 1992 version, Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm-hmm. and they show they show breasts and stuff in the movie, and um, they show it just again it but they show it because it has to do with the film and it's supposed to be art. There are some movies like slasher movies where you just see stuff because like all right we need to see tits you did see breasts or whatever uh so again um so when they do that that's in there and that's just for like shock value sort of like i i want to say or just to get teenage boys in there but a movie like this you know you actually see um you actually see her um you see nancy allen's um you you see her uh her genitalia in in this too yeah so you, you see that and then um, so but that was weird because I, I totally forgot about that and you see that in the opening scene, but and then you see again like you see Carrie naked and you see her having her period in the beginning and it's also it you're seeing so much but it's so beautiful at the same time as messed up as it is yeah with the music going and with the uh, the way it's shot. Again, it's a screwed up scene, and this girl's about to go through this girl's about to like go through like literally horror yeah like what, what like she's not she doesn't know what's going on, she thinks she's like dying over there, and just the way the goes at it again, like I said, it's just a great opening scene, and in a way, this kind of reminds me of scream a little bit, kind of like um where it's uh it, it, well, that I want to go back to what I was just talking about it, the, the, with that whole thing with the whole opening scene with the period um it shows a theme in the movie too where there's a very very big theme in the movie about fearing change and being different yeah so again like her changing her life and her mother not her mother not agreeing with it and being different from the other kids again that's like all very big in the movie um and like you were saying before, you could see Amy Irving's character Sue looking at Carrie in the scene and just feel for her and how scared she is. Uh, but I want to compare the opening and ending to this movie again. Like me and Steve always say, like Scream has maybe the best opening and ending like to to like horror films. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the same thing with this. Like I think. Uh, oh yeah! The, Great uh, point. With the opening shower scene and with the ending prom scene um probably not as i i like scream better but again like i said but i will say i will say in the in the art way um de palma is probably a better director than craven oh yeah but again but like again but that was just an incredible opening scene and the ending scene again terrifying and all, all, all these kids they, they they tried to redo it in the rage carry too and it was yeah, you you said you watched Carrie too? No, I haven't. Um, Carrie two, the ending takes place at like a high school football party, um, and they do it, and they do it well. It's fun, but it's just not the same feel. Um, but the, the you, you know this movie is good too because you know this movie is great because it gets ho- so highly recommended by like Tar- Tarantino said this is one of his favorite movies ever. Um, Scorsese said that he saw this movie three times in the theater. Wow. So wh- wh- when you get wh- when you're when you're in that kind of class and people are again, and people are just willing to say that stuff and willing to go see a movie so many times and um, even like we said, Sissy Spacek did a great job. Oh yeah, uh, it surprised me that I don't think Sissy Spacek went on to do much. Like I know she was in JFK. I know she was in a couple big things, but n- nothing like nothing crazy. She she didn't become like a Meryl Streep or a Diane Keaton. She's like well, an Anthony uh,
1: Perkins that Norman Bates was such a big and iconic character that um, even if he did other smaller stuff, that that role enough yeah. makes him an icon. That I'm trying goes. to
0: think of who she's married to. Like she's married to someone I, famous, I think.
1: I think um, I, at this time I'm not sure if right now, but when this came out, she was the the uh, the wife of the art director, so the okay. art the art director got her the job. Well, not, well, yeah, I think. He, yeah, also because she auditioned and killed it.
0: I think he also worked on uh, again. Like I said, they were auditioning for. Uh, Star Wars the same time. I think that the yeah. art director also worked on Star Wars. Which is really um, cool to think about. Yeah, L- Linda Blair actually auditioned for the role Carrie. But yeah. she ended up turning it down because she didn't want to be typecasted. Oh, wow. So again, uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. And Farrah Fawcett auditioned too. And she dropped out because of scheduling conflicts with Charlie Angels. Oh. Um, Farrah Fawcett, what blew my mind, um, to get off track for a second. Farrah Fawcett, when she died... I remember feeling terrible for her because she died. I, I guess she died in like 2010, 2009, whatever it was. It was the same same day that Michael Jackson died. Oh so wow! Remember, so like, nobody, wow. Nobody cared. Like I remember like hearing about like, on the I was like listening to the radio on the way to work. This is when I was like two years into working at Applebee's, and like I was driving to work, and I remember like everybody talking about Farrah Fawcett dying. Then like three hours later, Michael Michael Jackson died, and I didn't hear a single word about Farrah Fawcett like ever again. So <laughs> like horrible. I felt kind of bad, but I, I'm sure she didn't mind. I I don't think she knew much about it. <laughs>
1: but, uh, yeah. you're going you're <laughs> going around like, come on, guys. She
0: died. Does anybody care? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm sitting there acting like I know a lot about Farrah Fawcett. <laughs> I know she was on Charlie's Angels. I've never seen it before. And um, speaking of the, Charlie's the most... Angels,
1: um, that's that... how I felt when Bar- when Bernie Mac died. I felt like nobody gave a shit. I was going around like, "Hey, does not anybody know that Bernie Mac died?" I feel like nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: for you, I forget. I wasn't again. I wasn't a huge Bernie Mac fan. I I, <laughs> I cared, but like it wasn't something that affected me. Um, but like, but I'm I'm sitting there literally going like. What do I know Farrah Fawcett from? Like, Man of the House with Chevy Chase and uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Like I said, that that's like the only thing that came to my mind. It's like, all right, well, I, I, I guess Michael Jackson had a little bit bigger of a career. But, yeah.
1: A little bit. Yeah. No, but yeah, the, the keyword that you were using before, that's actually the perfect one um, when I was trying to describe how dreamlike and like how just like how beautiful this movie is. It's just art. You know, it's an artistic movie, uh, which is also why it reminded me of Hitchcock. So, um, yeah, Brian De Palma... Um, Deserves credit, not just for being so close to Hitchcock um, in, in uh, directing style, but his range is just unbelievable. We were talking about filmography right before this. Um, like, if I told you, like, if I told somebody that doesn't know much about movies that the guy that directed Scarface is also the guy that directed Carrie. They probably look at me like I'm crazy, but he directed that and also Mission Impossible, which is completely different than those two movies, so... Uh, Brian De Palma is one of the most artistic directors I want to say cuz um that's exactly what this movie is artsy it's like the music it's like a nice like symphony like um very well made um the cinematography is just like beautiful it's like a a painting like it's like so nice to look at the uh, the acting is just like theater acting so the whole movie is just very artsy I want to say and that's a great thing actually
0: and I want to say again like he's talking like the other movies like he, if when I think about Brian De Palma films there are scenes just to stay in my head. Like, I, I want to go over some, like, Mi- Mission Impossible. The helicopter? The scene where he's going down oh, yeah, into yeah. the room and the yep. wire and the sweat's dripping off him. Legendary. And, again, like, that just sticks in my head. I haven't seen that movie in, like, years and years and years. Um, probably since I was, like, a teenager. Um, the scene in Untouchables. Steve, have you seen The Untouchables? Uh, Sean Connery? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's two scenes that... Like, the, 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 the scene... The scene with the stairwell and the baby carriage going down the going down the stairs. Yeah. And that scene and the scene where De Niro's walking around the table with the baseball bat giving his baseball analogy and he bashes the guy's head in. Oh yeah. Like again, that like sticks in my head. And then um, Scarface say Scarface, hello, my little friend. <laughs> yeah, Scarface the whole scene like the whole the whole movie. Yeah. But like the this the guy's whole theme level. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, the globe with the world is the, the the world is yours. It was the world is yours, right? Yep. Yeah. And then like the scene where like again with the chainsaw scene in the bathroom, and like uh, dress to kill. Um, great, great, uh, great dolly scene in that movie with uh in the um in the museum. That's a movie and, that I never and...
1: saw, but uh, that supports what I'm saying because um, I've actually heard that that's a very Hitchcock like movie, *Dressed to Kill*. I have to see that. Yeah, no, it is 100.
0: percent. And again, like the the scene where like with the um and the whole movie just keeps 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 you guessing. Like you you, I think even the second time I saw it, it was weird. It was like I was like, who the, who's the killer? Like I said, like I I've seen it and like I still I still didn't get it. And then like <laughs> um, the scene with, like there's like a scene with that uh, with with uh, someone's killed by like a razor blade switch knife or something like that. Like inside the inside a inside a um. Inside an elevator, yeah, and like all these scenes, and like they like were talking about the Carrie scenes before. He just does a great job. Just ha- I, have I had that stick in your mind. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just gorgeous. Now, I,
1: I want to go on a little rant about uh, John Travolta because um, I think even though obviously he he made millions and was a big box office uh, success, whatever. I still think he's underrated somehow because um, he's not brought up enough when talking about the greats. Like I feel like they, they bring up like. Paul Newman, uh, Leo DiCaprio, like, you know, like uh, actors like that, maybe like Gregory Peck or just like when you hear about like the, the top actors that like just killed it in cinema for a bunch of years, I feel like Travolta doesn't get brought up. And this guy's filmography is just as diverse as Brian De Palma's um, work. This, uh, Travolta has done it all. Um, Grease, incredible. Like, do I need to say anything about Grease? Uh, Saturday Night Fever is a really good movie that a lot of people probably dismiss and think it's just like a, a dance movie. But if you watch that, it's actually a very good dark and like, you know, very cool uh, coming of age story. Um, Face Off, my favorite action movie of all time. Him and Nicolas Cage were perfect together. Uh, Pulp Fiction, freaking like John Travolta, I think is like if I if I had to like pick um like let's say I wanted to be an actor and I wanted to model my career after another actor, uh, kind of like how The Rock is doing with Arnold Schwarzenegger, how he's trying to be the new Arnold and like model the, the movies he picks based on that. I would be like a Travolta because I completely respect his range and just all the roles he's done. And Carrie's another one that shows how good he is because um, when I when I put Carrie on, I hadn't seen it since I was a kid, but I was expecting them to to be just like a Saturday Night Fever because it was around the same time that it came out. So I'm like, oh, let's see Travolta in another movie around that era. And, like, I already knew what to expect, thinking he'd be, you know, just that guy again. But, no, he was a completely different guy, and he did a great job playing, like, an asshole and, like, that bully that, you know, would have no problem with slaughtering a pig and going through with this very, like, mean prank uh, um, against Carrie just because, you know, a girl gives him blowjobs and he does whatever uh, for her. So he was a really good, like... Um, you know, bully that does the dirty work, and he came off very well as somebody that doesn't feel compassion. He wasn't just like you know going with emotions, like oh, it's just John Travolta being, you know, uh, a bully in this movie. It's like he actually got lost in the role. So, Travolta gets a lot of credit for me, and also uh, we'd be doing an injustice if we finish this podcast without um doing a whole session talking about how great Carrie's mom is because she's actually like the main villain of the movie, I think. But yeah, first tell me what you think about Travolta, Steve.
0: Um, Aerosmith. I'll say, uh, Travolta is Aerosmith. Okay. Um, I like Travolta. Um, He's great. He did the same thing Aerosmith did. He was like in the mid '70s, he became huge, and then around '79, he died off, and no one really cared about him until the late '80s. Oh. (laughs) And then, look who's talking came out,
1: and it started to pick up a little
0: bit. Yeah. And that's just like Aerosmith came out with Permanent Vacation. They started to pick up a little bit, and then Get a Grip came out. Aerosmith took off, and Pulp Fiction came out the same year as Get a Grip, and he took off. So I always think of Travolta is Aerosmith. Yeah. And um, but uh, I always like Travolta. Um, I hear some f- fucked up things about him in real life. Uh, again, um, I heard stories that you uh. I don't want to knock the guy too much, but... And this is just what I heard. I heard that you don't want to be a young man in his limousine. <laughs> um, I I heard that Jeff Conway also, uh, who played Kanicki in Greece, um, said that he woke up one day after passing out drunk. He woke up with uh, Mr. Travolta digging in, into his pants. What the fuck? <laughs> and so... Um, so, I will say he is a great actor. Um, <laughs> but, and I, I will not say that Travolta has done the things that they said that he has done. But, again, um, but he's been accused of a couple things from a couple different people. Um, I like Face Off. I, I think even more than Face Off, I like the movie, um, the action movie Broken Arrow. Because I like Christian Slater a lot, too. I love Broken Arrow. Um, I will say... He was a great villain had, in that. Yeah, no, Amazing. Um, again, I, I don't think, I know he's made a god-awful movie, I heard, uh, Battlefield John Earth. Gotti. What? No, oh, well, okay. Battlefield Earth, too. You know, it's funny, Battlefield Earth, I was looking up, like, the top ten worst movies ever made, and that, that popped up in there. Yeah. But, um, supposedly made a horrible Gotti movie. I think he has a lot of movies that are very miss. also. Yeah. But again, but As again, does like,
1: all the greats, a lot of the great people do.
0: Yeah, especially later on in their career. Yeah. Um... But again, I, I do think he's a fabulous actor. Um, again, so his personal life I, I just want to throw out some some knowledge on his personal life over there, even though like again, don't take my word for it. I might just but people might be wrong with their stories. Um, I mean, yeah, when, so,
1: to to end his personal life on a lighter note, um, that we do know, the guy's a great pilot <laughs> and he owns his own planes and has like his own runway in his fucking backyard. which is insane.
0: Yeah, that's all, again, like to, uh, I would never want to be, a, again, like a pilot. <laughs> but, like, again, I would just be so afraid of, like, something going wrong. Like, in a car, like, there's, I would feel like there's maybe some way I can get out, something. Not always, but, like, in a pilot, you're, you're just going down. <laughs> um, I, I just, again, like, I, I fly, but that's always in the back of my head while I'm even flying. I'm just like, all right, it's, it's something happens. I'm, I'm just fucked. It's not like, uh, it's not like, um, I can change it. And then you hear these stories about Thurman Munson and Corey Lytle and Leonard Skinnerd, And, like, uh, again, it's, uh, yeah, yep. So. Um,
1: What's the line in airplane? Oh, no, I think I'm thinking of Don't Call Me Shirley. I forgot. Something when, he, a when line... he When he goes to the cockpit, I forgot what the pilot says. It was hilarious.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing cockpit. I'm just thinking Beavis is about to do America. Get the hell out of the cockpit. <laughs> He's like, <"C-."> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, again
1: on a side note, that's what my favorite animated movie, one of them ever.
0: Yeah, you know, I recently watched cuz I just got Paramount Plus and you told me about uh you were telling me about Beavis of, uh, the, the movie. Then you So what? I I recently, yeah, Do the Universe? Mhm. I recently watched it. It was good. I still I think Do America was a lot better. Me too. Uh yeah, yeah but it was decent. Um it seems like it seems like Mike Judge always comes along like every decade or so with like a new Beavis of button thing. Yeah. And they're always good. I, I still think uh, King of the Hill is better than Beavis Abad. Um, I think it's more clever. But again, Beavis Butt came along in that MTV generation where those were kids, like, sitting down there in ACDC and Metallica, making sure it's cracking up, watching music videos, doing dumb shit. Yeah. So, again, like, so. And kids are always going do dumb shit. I was saying the other day, like, when I have a kid, like... I want my kid to get in trouble. I want them to do stupid stuff. Like, what, what what's the point of being a kid if you're not doing stupid things? You know? Yeah, like, exactly. Be, 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 what be is. yeah, exactly. That's being a kid. Yeah, be safe, but go fuck up a little bit, you know. But uh, <laughs> speaking of so,
1: ACDC, um, this movie, and I wonder how you feel about it. I don't have a problem with it. I actually like it. This movie had like a big uh, disco and hippie kind of theme to it. Um, not just how they dress, but like, um, you know, the dancing and the 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 the, um, the dance at the end of prom. And I heard Stephen King. Well, we are
0: oh. talking about
1: Aerosmith, but ACDC, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, freaking. No, you did mention ACDC, though, I think. I think, whatever. Did I? But, Yeah, 70s music in general. Um, Stephen King has said that that he thinks that the movie doesn't hold up that well because of the, the 70s and the hippie theme, but I, I think that's stupid because you can't really say a movie doesn't hold up based on how it looks now compared to you know when it came out because when this came out in the 70s, that wouldn't be a critique of it because that's just how people dressed and looked in the 70s, so... That, oh. that's true yeah oh. so I, i'm not I, the most, I, I don't think he dislikes yeah. the movie but he just said that it doesn't hold up for that and i'm calling bs on that because i don't i don't think you can you can say a movie doesn't hold up just because people don't dress that way anymore you know
0: well i think the most 70s part of the movie is when they're getting ready for prom and they're going to try on the tuxedos oh yeah <laughs> and like uh and if you know, talk about the music like just like last house the left and mother's day i always feel like half the music not really disco but half the music in this film are like uh it just sounds like adult film music. And, like, uh, again, yeah. and this is, uh, it was used in this uh, during the detention scene when they're all doing the, uh, the the outdoor gym de- detention. Yeah. And, again, um, I love that scene, too, because, like, it's funny because, like, um, kids seem to think, kids seem to think that they always know, like, best. Like, they're going to get away with crap. And sometimes they do. So, so, sometimes they're smart, and they know, but Chris is like, alright, well, I'm just not gonna do what you're telling me to do. <laughs> and the biggest threat you can... Like, there's so many horrible things that can happen in the world. The biggest threat you could tell to a 17-year-old girl is, okay, that's fine, but now you're not going to the prom. <laughs> and, like, and again, it just you just saw her, like, piss her off. She's like, I'm gonna get you. And, like, it's like, alright, like, it, it, it's funny. It, it, that... As evil as evil as chris is it shows that she's still just a dumb kid yeah. and like the, the the gym teacher's like all right i know how to hurt you there you go yeah
1: because she's so like you know hot that you forget like yeah this is actually still a little girl you know it's, back in the day they used to get um these older either that or their hairstyles but she does not look like a, a high school girl to me in that movie but yeah that's a good point as soon as you see her get mad about the prom threat it's like all right this is clearly a 17 a year old girl and um, just like the the locker room scene, I love that detention scene because all the girls like in the shorts and it's like they all just look so hot. And then even um, when the gym teacher is yelling at Chris and they get like up to each other's faces, that like I'm sorry that part turned me on. That was that was really hot, and I was like kind of hoping that like they'd get closer. But then she smacks her, and I thought that was really funny because um, you don't see that. You'll never hear about a teacher hitting a kid nowadays.
0: We've all paused these scenes at the correct spots. Yeah. There
1: we go. Do you know if that's true? In the 70s, teachers really did hit kids? Because that's, that's pretty oh, crazy. Oh, I'm sure they did. I, yeah. I hear stories from my aunts <laughs> and, from my, and from my parents that, like, right, just straight I, you, smack you think there. you're having a bad. <laughs> yeah. But, um,
0: but uh, I feel like um, with this, uh, uh, what was going to say? This... But, uh, but, by the way, all this stuff we're talking about these girls, they're 17 in the movie but they're certainly in their 20s in yeah. real life, so don't think of us as sickos. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, and yeah, just but in like, general,
1: the movie has a very feminine... Like, this is a female movie. Like, this is a, a movie about being a female with female actresses. Um, Brian De Palma, I'm surprised, directed it because you would think a female directed it. Um, I mean, females could tell us uh, how, how accurate that is, but yeah. yeah, I think it did a very good job at portraying um you know the fears of of change like you said with the period um girls reactions to the proms of uh, what matters to them um it showed very well how a girl could get a guy to do anything kind of like in jennifer's body how um uh, megan fox was able to kill all those people because she was a hot girl and she could just lure them anywhere like without question very underrated movie yeah without question a guy will just follow her wherever you know he's not gonna question oh a hot girl wants me to go with her over here boom and then he gets killed uh, they did that very well too with john travolta you know basically being um you know chris's uh, dirty work guy because all all she has to do is like you know hang out with him and, and blow him whatever and he'll, he's willing to slaughter pigs and do this shit to carry so a lot of do you really you really need anything else what <laughs> do you really need anything else <laughs> exactly <laughs> i can't blame the guy I, i'd slaughter pigs too yeah, for yeah. Her. but um yeah. but um yeah just in general it's a very uh feminine movie and and it like shows the female perspective very well. And like you said before, they don't show tits and like um, nudity just for the sake of it for the teenage boys. It's like that locker room scene, uh, and I'm sure Stephen King's book also went into detail about it. Um, that scene was important to show. Um, and like you said, they did it with with care and, and in an artistic way. Like they didn't do it like you know, oh, let's show a bunch of girls with tits. Like Brian De Palma treated every scene like like if it was like a a painting. Like everything was just beautiful, including a scene like that where. You know, you could be distracted by a bunch of naked girls and then period blood and Carrie bugging out. But somehow it was still, like, very well done. And then uh, when they bully her, that's when it turns into, like, chaos, which is I think he does very well. Like I said before, the whole movie has, like, a really good, um, nice, dreamy tone. And then things just go to shit, like the gymnasium at the end. Uh, same thing with that, with that um, locker room scene. You know, it's, like, a beautiful scene, seeing the girls, like, taking nice showers. It's filmed very well. And then when Carrie bugs out about the period of blood, it just turns into, like, pandemonium. Everybody's screaming, laughing, pointing at her. Uh, also very funny how PJ Souls never takes that hat off and is always chewing gum. I thought she was very cute in, in this movie, including in the prom she even had a, hot, a hat on. So, yeah, just, um in general, this movie has, just has, it's very good at having, like, that tone that, that keeps you, like, like you know, like, in a dream like state. And then out of nowhere just flipping everything upside down and then just uh, shows chaos and confusion and, like, fear very well, so... Yeah, Sissy Spacek, great in that scene. Um, everybody's great in that scene. Um, yeah, love this
0: movie. Well, two things. Uh, talking about like a dreamlike state. Um, the the real end of the movie, like the end end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Again, I was talking about this film like similar to Scream in some ways. Uh, again, similar to Carpenter and and uh, you said similar to Hitchcock and shooting in some ways. Um, the end of this movie has a nice Friday Thirteenth vibe going. Oh the, yeah, uh, yeah. No, oh, this came out first. Ending. Yep. Yeah. And again, I think Sean Cunningham when he made Friday Thirteenth kind of looked at this. They want like a carry type ending. I think Cunningham has said that too.
1: Yeah. And
0: you just see the hands shoot up, and like again, that was like you talk about, and and you said it like like the like, like, I said like like the dream like, mm-hmm. and like it's very dreamlike. It it, it again like. uh just having the arms shoot it shoot, shoot out of the ground.
1: Perfect example, because that scene is terrifying. That uh, that ending scene is everything that we've talked about so far. Um, very dreamy, very beautiful, nice music, pretty warm. Um, you know, heartwarming, whatever. Seeing her go to the grave being nice, but then it says that nasty thing on the grave that the bullies wrote. Carry um whatever I forgot what they wrote. They wrote a profanity in it, something super inappropriate to put on someone's gravestone. So it's like, um. It has the music, everything's so dreamy, and then you see just that nasty thing written there, so it's like horror in a dreamlike state, but it's still somehow a beautiful scene, uh, it's very, very kind that she's doing that, going to see her, and then boom, a hand comes out, again, it's a nightmare, turn, complete 180, well, it goes from a dreamlike state, because that scene is still beautiful, even when the hand comes out, um, even with the fear, with the, with the scary stuff being on the screen, it, it maintains a beautiful tone, like, um, and I read that, the way they did that scene to make it dreamlike, because this was all a conscious decision. This wasn't. This didn't come out like I said before. Everything came together perfectly, to have that tone. Um, it didn't just come out that way by accident. Uh, in order for to make that more dreamlike, they filmed it. it first of all, it was actually Sissy SpaceX arm that came out. It wasn't a stunt double. Um, she actually put her hand through the dirt. So they what buried they? Her? Yeah. So they. <laughs> yeah, they buried her. <laughs> I don't know how they did it, but they buried her alive, and and she did the scene, and she was able to hear them, um, say action. But yeah she
0: that's why i never saw her in, in, in any movies ever. <laughs> yeah she's still buried
1: she's still yeah. under there <laughs> um so in order to maintain that dream-like feel they filmed it in reverse they had her have her arm out first and then put it back in the dirt and then they filmed that in reverse with like a slower um kind of like slow motion so if you go back to that scene it looks a little off like a little strange to you it's because it was filmed in, in reverse and then they uh fast uh, not fast it. well they they played it forward however you want to call it so um they they did that very well and that ending scene is like you said the fight of the 13th like a great shock and right before that the, the lead up to it was like a nice uh warming scene and you think it's gonna be a happy ending because like oh that's nice she's gonna go get flowers to carrie's great but then all no, the arm comes out so that ending is just uh, encapsulates everything that's great about the movie it's like uh, very beautiful but then it just turns ugly right away
0: you know they they, they did the same thing in nightmare and too
1: Oh yeah, with the arm. <laughs> that yeah. one looks so cheesy, but, though. With him coming,
0: <laughs> yeah, it looked cheesy because it was like a blow-up doll or something that, that, that they pulled through.
1: Yeah, it looked but horrible.
0: Like, but like again, but they, Wes
1: Craven didn't want to do that ending.
0: Yeah, no, I, I know, but, uh, but the, it's the same idea though, where it's like, all right, right it's, everything's peaceful, it was all a dream, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah. And then friggin' like, and then like, the that happens, and then the hood comes down, and the hood is the, uh, it's Freddy's like the, the, uh, the uh, green and red. I was. Is Freddy green and red or black and red? I think it's green, right? Green, like but that, that is a that is a known like a Mandela.
1: That's a known Mandela effect, though. Uh, people yeah, yeah. think that it's black.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh, but like that's I think an, an excellent Freddy example, gray, though, because I, dark.
1: I uh, that's um, first of all, the Friday the Thirteenth thing. That's definitely an homage to Carrie. Oh, that's a kind of a straight up rip off, actually, uh, which is okay because it's done pretty well too in that. I think, um, but then she wakes up and it's a nightmare, right? In, in Friday the Thirteenth,
0: yeah, she, she wakes up in the hospital.
1: And then, and then Carrie uh, also, and then, yeah, it's just the same. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, the only thing Nightmare didn't do was the waking up and finding out the dream thing. But in Nightmare, that's an excellent point. I didn't notice that that it did have like that that peachy, um, you know, everything's fine, happy ending tone, like kind of like over the top, like uh, borderline cartoony, like how exaggerated it is. And then boom, Freddy's arm comes in for that jump scare, and it's even though it's a blow up doll, it's pretty effective. So that's straight out of Brian De Palma's book, um, you know, uh, comforting you and and and. Making you think everything's fine, and then boom, just like the gymnasium scene too, which is so iconic now.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to think of freaking, uh what's her name? Um, the girl who played Alice in Friday Thirteenth. I'm trying to think of her name. I'm looking up right now. Uh, I'm not gonna. Here it is. Portrayed. I, I, I know this too. A- A- Adrian King. Okay. I was about to say freaking. Um, what's her name? Amy Steele from the second one. <laughs> but uh. But Adrian King dies in the second one. Like, she she wakes up, it's all a dream, and she's like, no, but he was there, blah, blah, blah. And and then she dies in the beginning of Friday 13th, part two. So, but yeah, great, great great film. Um, I wanted to bring something back. You were talking about, like, how, like, it's wrong for, not wrong for him to say it, but we disagree that King... uh, what well, King says that it has, like, that 70s feel and kind of ruins the movie. Yeah. Um, but it... In a way, again, like... I was saying this... This movie, e- even though, like, a lot of our... Like, the... It's kind of like watching Days to Confuse. I, I, I feel like a lot of these high school movies, even Carrie, like, take me back to high school. It, it reminds me of The Breakfast Club.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, again, you have your cliques. You have, like... Again, it's all the way they're dressed, all this stuff. Like, it... it you could definitely feel it being, like, if I see The Breakfast Club, I know it wasn't filmed in the year 2000. Yeah. But watching it now, I could still say that, like, when I was in high school in 2004, I could still relate to these movies. Yeah, um, I actually like I them relate. more
1: when when it's a time, like, capsule. Like, when they look like that, that era. I think that, that, that yeah, adds yeah. to it. But just 100%. to clarify, he didn't say he doesn't like the movie. He just thinks it doesn't hold up because of that. But it's how, like so, the worst how, movie ever. How could you not like this movie? And that's also very interesting that it's the first adaptation um, from Stephen King, and it's a perfect one. And I would say this is what set the tone, because if this one failed, um, who knows if Stephen King's career might have went as far as it did, um, and who knows if they would have kept making adaptations of his books. So Carrie crawled, so um, The Shining, Pet Cemetery,
0: Cujo, all of them could all could, uh, run. And, I don't know, though, because like... How are you going to, like, read the book The Shining and not want to make a film adaptation out of it? Yeah, that's a like great point. A, and the thing is, like, even with uh, We're talking about, like, how disturbing, like, um, like the, the scenes in some of these movies are, and that King has those in his books, too. There's a lot of stuff in Stephen King's book that they can't put on screen.
1: <laughs> like, on, on It, we, the Gangbang? We, yeah,
0: we, we talked about It, the Gangbang. Bang. Um... <laughs> They're freaking, um, that actually, what, what you just said just reminded me of, you, you, you remember old school? Yeah. I'm he here for the gangbang. He goes, I'm here <laughs> for the <gang> man. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, but, uh, there's so many scenes and like so many fucked up scenes that, again, Stephen King says that the most horrifying thing that he ever wrote, I never read it, um, he said that they cleaned it up for the movie, was Pet Cemetery. like, he said just like. The ideas going through his head at the time because he was so drunk and so high at the time stephen king said that he doesn't remember writing the majority of his books in the 80s that's insane he said that like he was so screwed up and like he said just the idea of like having a mac track a mac truck hit your kid and like again bringing your kid back to life from like the dead and like again just thinking about all the stuff that goes on in this guy's head and it's sick but it's awesome
1: yeah, and Stephen wow. King, um, just like Travolta and Brian De Palma, deserves credit for the the range that he has, cause uh, he's known as a hard director. But don't forget, Stephen King also wrote The Shawshank Redemption, which is an incredible movie. Um, I bet you the book is great too. Um, but yeah, King, and um, is very good at, at just you know branching out. And another movie that that this reminded me of, cause you said it reminded me of uh, Days Con- and Confused, uh, reminded me of Mean Girls a lot. Um. Yeah the, yeah. yeah, the girl bully reminded me of Regina George a lot. And then um, like that scene that I said I liked when they're all doing the, the outdoor detention and, and the gym shorts.
0: That that girl's smoking hot, too. What, what's her name? The one that was on Party at Five. Uh, Regina, uh, her friend? No, uh, her friend in the movie. What What's her name? Um, I'm going to look up uh, Party Wait, at Five. Wait, are you talking about Mean Girls or Carrie? Mean Girls. Um, what was that girl's name? Um, Gretchen? She plays the... I think so. She played the youngest sister on Party of Five. Her name her name is Lacey Chabert.
1: Yeah, her. Yep. She's um, yeah. she's Eliza Thornberry's voice in in uh,
0: The Wild Thornberries. Yeah, yeah. No, but she, I think I think she was also in one of the um, maybe uh, Black Christmas movies or something like that. Yeah, she was the hottest uh, mean
1: girl. She was also in uh, not another teen movie. She's the one that that they they give the slow motion walk intro to when she goes in the party. When they're like, yeah. like everybody, uh, we have to wait a second until she walks all the way through.
0: <laughs> and if anyone deserves a slow motion walk, it's her.
1: Yeah, yeah, but she's she, smoking.
0: But she was, uh, again, she's, um. oh, she, she plays, uh, what's her name? She she ends up being um, Jennifer Love Hewitt from Can't Hardly Wait, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yep. But yeah, that, that, is. that gym scene reminded me of Mean Girls. Um, just um, the the female uh, tone, like I said before, like it's a very feminine movie. Um, I would actually consider this a chick flick. Uh, kind of, and when it comes to movies like just um, like if you want to make a genre, like I guess I don't want to say female empowerment because I don't know if this is really a female empowerment movie, but just a female movie, uh, I think this is number one. This is the greatest movie about females ever.
0: Chick flick. We need yeah. to start this episode over again, Steve. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I I agree. Yeah yeah. This
1: is this movie's borderline. Um, like, kind of like um, actually I, I can't even say it, but they they show so much nudity in it that it's kind of like, like uh um uh, an adult a film. P word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like an adult Hell film yeah. almost.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh what's it, I freaking Nancy Allen w- when she made the film, she didn't even uh she didn't realize how like evil the characters were supposed to be.
1: Oh um, yeah, a lot of them she, thought it was supposed to be a comedy.
0: Yeah, and, and what's her name? Piper Laurie that played the mother thought it was comedy too. She yeah. was like, I'm so over the top. Like she was being hammy <laughs> yeah but like again that that was like with nancy allen she was saying that like she didn't realize it until she thought that her and and uh travolta were just two bickering morons and that they were there for comic relief and until she actually watched the movie she's like wow we're really fucked up and then um piper lori was saying again like she said that she was so over the top that it was a comedy but i think it's like that like like you said that that's one of the most terrifying things in the movie with uh with the whole religion stuff and with Piper Laurie, and Piper Laurie was actually one of the teachers in um in the faculty. So she oh, she, wow. she was the yeah. faculty. She, she she was a little he- heavier set. She was older. She she is the one where uh where um she locks the door on. Uh, she, she's wa- running away from the coach in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, in, in the school. Um, but uh, so. Piper was... What was I getting out of? Oh, so again, that was one of the first things with religion that ever made me feel really uncomfortable watching this as Mm -hmm. a kid. And and religion is uncomfortable to me. Like I said, um, I remember going to my friend Maxwell's bed and breakfast birthday um, maybe about five, six years ago. And the person that house we were renting from was a recovering alcoholic. Hmm. So she had... All this, I mean, God bless her. Hope the woman's doing fine. That's awesome. Like, again, like, getting yourself back on the right track. But that doesn't change the fact that it's creepy. Yeah. When like I'm looking all over, and there's different notes all over, like 30 different notes in one room that says like Jesus loves you, you will find your way, like s- s- stay with him on the right path. I honestly thought sleeping at this bed and bed, breakfast that this woman was hiding in the house and like c- kill us at night. <laughs> but like, uh, but like, then <laughs> I like got. God bless her. Like a, a, anyone doing the right thing to make the right choices in their life to try to make themselves better and the people around them better, I, I give much credit to. But again, but that was a uh, that was that. Um, I was gonna say sissy Spacex, she, she went over the uh, she uh, she in the movie when they filmed it. They filmed the prom scene, I think, for three or four days, and she never showered. She just let the blood on her at all times so again that's her going the character oh wow what the hell yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i noticed the uh the name of the high school i was watching the high. i was looking at the high school name while watching it it's uh bates high so little norman bates
1: and um to connect us to scream uh what am i going to
0: say about the blood well, uh, with the blood yeah um what are you gonna say about the blood to connect it to Scream? Ah, uh, corn syrup. Yeah, yeah. It's just like they use some
1: pig's blood and carry
0: yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't believe you almost just made me look like an idiot. I, I can't believe I forgot about that for a second. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, well, what's great about
1: that? Uh, and obviously, we're gonna do a whole Scream episode. But um, the whole movie, Billy does such a good job making it seem like he could care less about horror movies, and it's just dude, the one that's obsessed. Oh, Randy, that's obsessed. And then out of nowhere, at the end, you find out he's like
0: knows all these lines and shit. My friend Matt commented on my status the other day because I was writing about, I was writing about uh, something, um, I, I posted a picture because I just bought the, not new, but the third Urban Legend movie, which I'm pretty sure is terrible. I was saying it's pretty much going to probably be like, I'll always know what you did last summer, but I bought it for $3. So I was saying, um, he was saying he likes the Urban Legend, the first one, because you don't really know the killers, w- which is true. It's more difficult to find out who the killer is in Urban Legend than Scream. That's true. But like at the end of the day though, like again, he was kinda like I felt like it was kinda knocking Scream a little bit, like I <laughs> uh, just know the killers the whole time. But like again, like the killers are so much more interesting in Scream and have so much so much more character and depth in their character than Urban Legend, yeah?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Like do, who who remembers Rebecca I don't remember Rebecca Gayhart's name in <laughs> Urban Legend, like I said, but uh but uh yeah. But that was that. Um the the movie again sequels like this movie spawned a bunch of sequels remakes like I said Carrie 2 came out The Rage I remember seeing that when it came out I was excited to see that I I like Carrie 2 it's not as good as film as Carrie but it's still fun it's like a I think you said this too when you're reading up on it it's like a mixture between like American Pie and Scream
1: yeah that's cool and I love that
0: tone yeah yeah and then two remakes 2002 which was a made for TV remake which was good and the 2013 one, which I enjoyed as well. I n- nothing in the uh, n- nothing tops the original. Yeah. But there's been nothing in the Carrie uh, universe that I didn't like. Um,
1: yeah. Also, uh, what I really like too about the mom is like how over the top she is and how scary, especially when she turns on her at the end and tries to stab her. Uh, but I love the contrast of her mom to Carrie because, like I said before, Carrie's like this sweet little flower, you know, nice little delicate voice and then the mom's like this like nasty like you know uh, religious freak whatever um and that makes me especially like and enjoy the scenes that that you see the d- dynamic with them too with like carrie like educating her mom like when her mom doesn't know better uh when we get the, the famous funny line when she's like um hide your dirty pillows <laughs> so <laughs> the, the dirty pillows uh i don't know that it was from this because i think i heard it before and i had no idea it was from carrie um, and then, and then he, hearing Carrie correct her, I I like that a lot. She's like, "Mom, they're not dirty pillows, they're breasts, and all women have them." Or like when um, she's convincing the mom to go to prom, and then the mom's like, "No, you're, don't go, they're gonna laugh at you, whatever." And then when Carrie um displays her power and what she can do, I like how she like takes control, like, "No, mom, I'm going. Like you know, like you can see what I can do now. If I wanted to, I could fuck you up." So uh, it was just really cool <laughs> seeing seeing them evolve from like you know Carrie like kind of like just doing whatever the mom says, just being like her little pet. Um, not really standing up to herself and then little by little you see her, her like correcting like no mom kids do this No, mom, that's not fair. Everybody else is doing it uh, She starts to put up a little bit of a fight and then when she shows her power She just straight up says like no mom like look. I'm more powerful than you I'm fucking going to prom so and then the mom actually like, takes a step back and like lets her you know She can't do anything until obviously at the end she turns on her but just in general the dynamic of the mom being like this very nasty and rude and like you know just mean person to carries like sensitive like little flower um, like self I, I like that a lot. So that was really good. Them two were great together.
0: Yeah, and they, uh, he, she had to knife her death at the end.
1: Yeah, which, which was which awesome. Is, which is really um, scary. Not just like the visual, like the mom's crazy face with the knife, like that, but just the idea of your own mother trying to kill you. Especially after you went through what you just went through at the prom. Everybody's fucking out to get you. You think everything's good. Um, you know, it was like this nice little moment when she gets crowned. Like I said. And then for it to, like, turn into what it turned into and having to kill everybody, including the gym teacher who was so good at her, who she thought was laughing at her. You went through all that crap, and then you go home where you're supposed to be comfortable and and feel safe, and then you tell your mom what happened, and and she's supposed to support you and, like, you know, bring you back up. Instead, she does the whole opposite and and just does the most heinous thing possible, trying to kill your own daughter. That, just the thought of it, is horrifying. It doesn't, doesn't have to be horrible, like, looking. Just thinking about going home, and and your own mother trying to kill you—that's just horrible. I felt really bad for Carrie there, and I'm well, glad, next and I was week, happy that she that she killed her
0: and she defended herself. For our next episode, again, it's very similar. Uh, we're doing a I'll talk about this later. But we're doing Night Living Dead, mm-hmm. and um, big scene in that movie. We're like it's, it's a lot. Well, I'll talk about this more during our next episode. A lot of fucked up things happened in that movie, and again, um, that was a big changer. Like there's a lot of game. Cha- there's like a dozen or so game changers in the horror. Like Films in the last 50 years And that's one of them Night living mm-hmm. dead Um But there's like a scene where The daughter Kills her mother Oh wow I, I, I'm Yeah So it's like Again it's the same thing It's a daughter ki- Killing the mother Horrible And Again so it's Yeah it's, it's fucked up And like you've never seen Anything like that before Like in a movie I don't think Yeah Um what, Anything else you want to add
1: About the film Steve Yeah what else was that Gym teacher in Cause I, I'm obsessed with that woman I don't know She um, was so
0: hot Yeah you can find plenty of movies with her on IMDb, <laughs> and and just make sure that you don't overuse the pause button. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, um, but what about the mom? Cause I I wanted cause she was a great actress. I want to see her more and more stuff. Piper
0: Laurie? Yeah, was she in? Um, like I said, she she was in the faculty. Okay, yeah, that. Uh, yep. I'm trying to think what else Piper Laurie was in. I'm not a big Piper Laurie. I I haven't seen many of her movies. I don't think like she was like, I guess she was in the. I'm looking at it right now. She was in the Hustler with uh, with um, Paul Newman. I've seen that. That's a good movie. Yep. Um, trying to think of other big movies she's been in. Again, just like Sissy Spacek, I can't. Th- I'm sure. I'm sure Piper Laurie was like a huge actress in the 60s and stuff like that. Okay. And I just can't think of it. Um, it looks like she was in a lot of 1950s and 60s movies that I have not seen. Just um, in general,
1: everybody in this like I want more of. Uh, after watching this, I want to watch more Brian De Palma, I want to watch more Sissy Spacek, even though he said she's not in other stuff, um, more of the mom, more of um, even the girl that helps Carrie, um, more of the, the the bully, like everybody did just such a good job in this, it makes you wonder what they went on to do, because um, I only know about De Palma and Travolta's careers, but everybody in here I feel like deserved to have had a, a really good career, because this movie just was lightning in a bottle, everything came together perfectly, like I know it's based on a book, but you could also mess up an adaptation pretty badly, and they didn't, they Treated this with care, and it just came out like a beautiful work of art. That's what this movie is. I don't want to
0: say Spacek wasn't like in a lot of movies. Like, I'm lucky I have her filmography. She's in a lot of movies. She is. She's in a lot of movies I haven't heard of. It's like, I don't think she was in many, like, um, in many blockbusters. Yeah. Like, uh, she, like I said, she was in JFK. Have you seen JFK? That's a great movie.
1: No, that's actually on my list
0: of movies to watch. Yeah, JFK is Oliver Stone. Yeah. But, uh, JFK, the cast, um, let me go into it for a second. Amazing cast. It has, uh, Kevin Costner, Kevin Bacon, Tommy Lee Jones, Gary Oldman, Michael Rooker, S- Sissy Spacek. Um, what's uh, w- um I'm going off memory now. Um, Joe, is it Joe Pesci in it? Uh, J- Joe Pesci's in it. Um, uh, what's his name? John Candy's in it. Walter Matthau, Jack Damn. Uh,
1: I'm watching that tonight probably. <laughs> w- yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. W- Wayne Knight from. Um, y- y- you know Wayne Knight is. Yeah. Dr- uh, Space Jam, Jurassic Park. Yeah, Newman from uh, Seinfeld. Seinfeld, yo. <laughs> I yeah. Fucking so again, Seinfeld. Like, yes, I fucking love Seinfeld. That'd be
1: completely off topic, but just imagine we did yeah. a Seinfeld episode. That'd be hilarious.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just started watching it. I was never really into it. I just yeah, me watching. too.
1: Uh, that's a show growing up. I didn't get it. I'm like, what the hell? And it'd always be on. And I'd be like, why? Well, please, no Seinfeld. Yeah. And I'd be mad that Seinfeld would be on instead of what I wanted to watch. And then as I got older, like I would see like little snippets of it. And I'm like, oh, that was
0: pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Until eventually I'm like, all right, I like this show. <laughs> Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, oh, yeah. I, um, like I said, I did, It used to always be on after The Simpsons. So like, I, I would be with my friends who were a few years older than me, and they always wanted to watch Seinfeld after. I just <laughs> leave. I just leave wherever we were. I'm like, I do not watch this shit. But uh, but um, oh Donald Donald Sutherland's in uh, JFK. So, yeah, so it's like it's a h- huge cast, but um. So, yeah. A- anything else you want to add about the film, steve
1: No, yeah. Just, just like like I said before, um, I'm curious to see what everybody else did because everybody did such a good job. This is um, a very, very good movie, not just like in story-wise, but it just like makes you feel good. And it's crazy because, you know, the story is so dark, but like this movie just puts you like in a trance. Like I'm watching this and like I just I feel like I'm in a dream. And um, this sounds like an insult, but this is a good movie to go to sleep to also. It's just a, a very warm movie, even though it's what very happened? dark. Nightmares? <laughs> yeah uh, just make sure that you go to sleep before the the gymnasium scene or you know yeah. not during any religious scenes but other than that yeah. it's just like a nice warm movie and i love it
0: yeah uh i would say i think my favorite movie with any of them and after is probably uh probably again you were talking about your favorite action movie being face off one of my favorite action movies is with nancy allen is robocop mm-hmm. so again that's one of my favorite uh Movies with the, with the cast, like, in the future. I, I think I like Robocop more than, I like, any Trollton movie, actually.
1: I, I uh, saw a really funny meme once. It was, like, a picture of the Robocop, and it was, like... Baby food? Uh, no. <laughs> it's a, a, a picture of, um, of the Robocop, and it goes, um, this guy died, and they still made him go
0: to work. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, it, it also with the Robocop, like, he eats, like, um, he has to eat mush. Because, like, he's, like, all fucked up. Oh, shit. So, so that, that, there's this memes that, if you look up Robocop baby food, it's him holding, like, Gerber food. And eating it. It's like, Robocop, is time for dinner.
1: <laughs> Rob- Robocop is, um... Richard baby food. What's his name, right? Richard Cronenberg? I mean, David, David, Cro- David Cronenberg? No, right? Who plays him? No, um, it- directed it. Is it the guy that made no. The Fly? No, right? No. Um, oh, it's
0: Welling
1: the guy that, that made all, Starship Troopers.
0: Yeah, yeah. That- uh, he, he had my my brother loves him and he always says that what a great resume he has. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind
1: Hollow Man. I think he made Hollow Man. Um I'm not a big
0: fan of Hollow Man. Um I think I've been I think I've said that before, like I think I said like I like every Captain Make movie except for Hollow Man or in Christian Slater
1: movie. And I, I know we're broken records. Anybody that, that actually listens to us knows that all we talk about is Batman, Scream, whatever. Uh, I'm going to bring up Starship Troopers for probably the 30th time. But Starship Troopers Starship Troopers deserves to not just be known as an underrated movie or like a hidden gem. It, it's actually one of the greatest movies ever made. I'm not even kidding. I'd put it like if, if I sat down and made my top 50 movies, Starship, Tro- Starship Troopers is definitely in the top 50. Yeah,
0: great, great movie. I've seeing seen that in theaters.
1: Yeah, um, a perfect
0: movie. I, the, the director's name is Paul Verhoeven, yeah. it looks like. Uh, um, l- List some of his movies right here, like Robocop, Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, Starship Troopers. Like I said, he's got one hell of a resume. Yeah. And those were all movies in a row. Like there, there was nothing in between. That's 87, 99, 95, 97. So in 10 years, he made five movies. Robocop, Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, and Starship Troopers. He made and,
1: Rand, Randy's favorite
0: horror movie. Oh, so Showgirls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, so that, that's terrific. Um, I want to recommend for next, for for going on. I, I want to make some recommendations. Uh, uh, just two two underrated Stephen King adaptations that I always thought were uh, Sleepwalkers and Maximum Overdrive. Mm. So I I, I always like those two a lot. Maximum Overdrive. Uh, now I'll mention ACDC. Maximum Overdrive is like a whole ACDC um, soundtrack going on, and Sleepwalkers. It, Maximum Overdrive is about the machines taking over. It stars Emilio Estevez, and then Sleepwalkers is a movie about like uh, about cat people, and again that movie's the, 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 the young girl in Sleepwalkers is the Betty's mom in uh, in, in, in Riverdale. Hmm. I think what's his name is a small part in it too. Who, who's the guy from? Uh, R- Ron Perlman plays a cop, in it, I think.
1: Yeah, Ron Perlman's in everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, again, so I recommend those two movies. Uh, uh, I would
1: recommend *Ginger Snaps* if you want another horror uh, chick
0: flick. Yeah, I I, for- I forgot about that movie. I've seen it. I just yeah. forgot how, how good it is. Again, I I know there's a sequel too. I again, I own both of them. I just haven't watched them in forever. I don't think I ever watched *Ginger Snaps* too. Yeah.
1: I actually think I'm going to watch Carrie again today. So good. Yeah.
0: No, no I, again, like I, I, I'm, I'm down with that. I'll watch, uh, I like, i right after we're done with this episode, I'm just going to get lunch. And I'm going to sit down and watch the show, the league again for another hour and a half before work. It's so funny to uh, feel like cracking up. But, um, so we, I was just watching an episode. I was Steve, I was watching an episode where his, one of the main characters daughter in the show is obsessed with like this little, uh, this little toy. I guess like now you would compare it to like uh, Monsters Inc dolls or Co- Coco Melon dolls or whatever. And she keeps wanting the dad to clap along and sing with her to the song. <laughs> and he goes to his friend. He goes, "We need to fix this." He goes, "This is what I need you to do. I need you to go get a costume of this thing. Come here in the middle of the night, sneak in the house, and scare." That's <laughs> so fucked up. And so, like, the guy comes over, like, he comes over dressed up in the costume, and he comes in holding a meat cleaver. (laughs) Extreme. And and he's like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, I I was going to bring nunchucks, but I didn't think she would know what that was. (laughs) And so he goes in the room, and, like, something happens where, like, the girl ends up, like, loving loving the guy in the suit. And then then he's like, the the dad's like, what did you do? He's like, she wants you over here for Christmas now. (laughs) (laughs) Want to meat like, cleaver now as a toy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just sitting there cracking up. <laughs> but uh, but uh, again, uh, next couple episodes we're doing um, Night Living Dead, um, one of my one of my top '90s horror movies, uh, Demon Night, Tales from the Crypt. So we look forward to uh, doing those w- w- with you guys. Um, again, Be Afraid, guys. Uh, come to see us on our Instagram page at Be Afraid Horror Podcast, and we'll see you soon.
1: Thank you guys.